So my friends, uh, in our gospel today, as the Pharisees um, go and they try to test our Lord, um, the scholar of the law testing him, what's the greatest commandment? And the answer he gives is not original. In fact, it's present. Uh, it, it is in the Old Testament, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. It begins with the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is um, one. The Lord our God, the Lord our God is God, the Lord alone, right? Uh, the Shema. Remember, hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord uh, is one. And that this, and therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And that we need to follow this as well. What is the bedrock of, of everything else that we do? You shall love the Lord your God. And not just in a passing way. No, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. The love of God has to be the foundation of all the other actions we perform. They have to be motivated by, inspired by the love of God. If we do a lot of good things spiritually or socially, helping others, good works of charity, but it's not inspired by love of God, then these are not Christian actions. They're not motivated by the love of God. And if we are motivated by the love of God, then even the smallest action can be meritorious. Even the smallest little action, when done out of love of God, um, can be a cause for an increase of grace in our souls, um, provided we already have grace uh, initially through baptism and God's free and generous gift, um, that the love of God, it motivates all of our actions. It should motivate all of our actions. We should be steeped in a knowledge and love of God. How can we love God with our, all our heart, soul, and mind if we don't know our Lord? And then from that flows a second, love your neighbor as yourself. And all the different ways that that is expressed to love our neighbor, uh, to love, uh, and then we, we remember from the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, well, who is my neighbor? And then it's the, the robber's victim, you know, the Samaritan being neighbor to the robber's victim. I think actually we would probably read that next week if we didn't have All Saints Day. Um, and so we're going to, yep. Uh, no, we're not. Never mind. It's a different one. Anyway, the point is the neighbor to the robber, the Samaritan is the neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Anyone in need is your neighbor. Anyone in need at all is your neighbor. It's not just who lives next to you or who lives close to you or who believes the same things you believe, who likes the same people you like. Anyone in need is your neighbor because that's how God treats us. In our need, he comes to us. We have to love the Lord our God first, and then we love our neighbor. And from the love of God flows out the ability to actually love our neighbor, not with a selfish love, not with a self-serving love, no, rather with the love of God. I'm able to give my neighbor the best I can because it's motivated by the love of God and not by my own um, selfish motives. Now, in order to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to have that foundation, we have to know our Lord. Our heart, soul, mind has to be dedicated to our Lord. And so as in these last few weeks we've been talking about our uh, spiritual plan, the plan of life, um, taking a few minutes every day to talk to our Lord in prayer, five or ten minutes every day, and then last week, the morning offering examination of conscience. Today, um, we come to how do we grow to know and love our Lord more? Well, we have to read Scripture, and we have to be steeped in Scripture. And a part of our plan of life should be a daily reading from the Bible. 
that we should every single day be nourished by Scripture. That this is the Word of God for us to shape our hearts and minds and souls. That this is God's Word for us uh, in the Holy Scriptures. And if we want to know our Lord, we have to encounter Him in Scripture. We have to meet Him there. We have to learn about Him. We have to see how He acts. If we're ever going to imitate Him, how do you imitate someone if you never pay attention to what they do? And so we need to be steeped in Scripture. And so I would say that the next point to add to the plan of life, um, if you hopefully you all still have the papers, if not, there's more when you leave, um, on top of your 10 minutes of prayer and morning offering at the beginning of the day and examination of conscience at the end of the day, is to add in reading um, particularly the New Testament for just a few minutes every day. Just a few minutes during the day at some point to read the New Testament, to encounter our Lord, to learn about him, to um, see the great charity with which he acts. St. Jose Maria Escriva would say in his little book, The Way, um, how I wish that your, your whole bearing and the way you act would cause people to say, this one reads the life of Jesus. This one reads and knows the life of Jesus. If we really read about and knew the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, it would change us. And then, and it's actually a, a, a real stinging critique, um, Mahatma Gandhi, who himself was not a Christian, said, if every Christian lived like a Christian, there would be no non-Christians. If every single one of us lived like we actually know and believe in Jesus Christ and allow his life to shape our life, so we could say with John the Baptist, it's I must decrease and he must increase. And with St. Paul, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. How do we do that? But by knowing about our Lord in Scripture. And if we do that, if we live as Christians, then there would be. Every single Christian did that. There would be no non-Christians. Now, um, a way that we are helping to promote this, because again, part of our talking about the plan of life is not just talk, 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 um, but that it's action. How do you do it? Well, you know, a lot of people at home may have an old, gigantic, beautiful, but showy Bible. And those are good. Those are family heirlooms. You should keep those. Um, I have a Bible that my grandparents gave me for my first communion. I love it. It had, you know, they, they wrote a little thing and they both passed from this life. And so it's very dear to me, right? That stays on the bookshelf. Um, to have a little copy, particularly of the New Testament, um, that now, I mean, could fit in a purse or in a pocket, uh, particularly now as it's getting colder and we're in jackets and we all get a lot more pockets. You could always keep this little pocket copy of the New Testament. And this is the one that I use. Um, and in this particular edition, it has a plan for how if you want to read the four Gospels twice a year, how you break it down. So just January 1st, you read this. January 2nd, read that. So it's a little broken down. Or if you want to go through the whole thing in a year, there's also the plan for that. A little pocket copy of the New Testament that you bring with you places. And that as you're sitting and you're waiting, um, even like now, if you're waiting in line outside of a bill, outside of a grocery store, outside of somewhere, or because of COVID precautions, we're all kind of waiting more places, pull out the Bible and just read a little bit. Only two or three minutes a day, but it's enough to have daily contact with our Lord, to read it in a slow and deliberate way. So 
um, homilies aren't supposed to be sales pitches, um, but we will have these available. Uh, we bought uh, more than 100 small little copies of the New Testament that'll be available to buy and purchase after Mass. I'll talk about that um, at the end of Mass. But um, this is, it's, it's, we want to, you know, have, if you want to look at it on your phone, great. If you have a Bible you like, use that. Um, but something you can keep with you, that in the odd moments of the day, you could just pull it out and read the life of our Lord and be steeped in his life. Every single day, we should read about the life of our Lord so that we can learn more about him, so that our hearts, minds, and souls can be conformed to him. We have to read scripture. We have to know and um, know our faith. We have to know uh, the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he reveals himself to us, particularly in a privileged way in the sacred scriptures. And so today, um, that's the plan. We need to be steeped in this. As our Lord was able to give the answer straight from the scriptures when they asked him, um, and he was God, he, he knew the right answer anyway, but he gave the answer as a scriptural answer. This is the greatest. Book of Deuteronomy, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So we too need to know our Lord. We need to know our faith. We need to know how he has revealed himself to us in the scriptures. We need to fall in love with the scriptures, so that loving scripture, we may love our Lord more, so we may come to know him. And then we will be able to imitate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We will be able to be other Christ in the midst of the world, living as Christ, who we meet uh, in a privileged way in the sacred scriptures.